0: Hello and welcome to another epic episode of Unstoppable Overcomer. <laughs> and I am super excited and blessed to have the amazing Chris on the show tonight. Chris, Hi.
1: welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Chris Hennessy, this is the second Hennessy that we've had on the show. This is year. it really? Yes. Alan Who was Hennessey. The
1: other? Alan Hennessy. I heard Russ Hedge was talking about him this morning. Um, and I never even heard his name before. Really? Yeah. Well,
0: he's he's from Dublin, Ireland.
1: Okay. Yeah. An that's amazing. We're originally I- from there. Really? Yeah. It was O'Hennessy before my ancestors, however long ago, immigrated, and uh, when they got over here, they dropped the O. So it's just Hennessy.
0: Okay. So are you also related to the Hennessys that have the Hennessy whiskey?
1: Man, I wish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know what? <laughs> We don't. Okay, so we're just going to start this like we're old, we're old friends because it, <laughs> yeah, it feels go. like this. Yeah. Uh, my my husband gets a Christmas gift uh, from his from people that he works with, and every year it's a bottle of Hennessy. So oh,
1: yeah.
0: I happen to look it up, and I'm like, because he's like, man, we're never going to drink this. Can we switch it out? Well, it depends because if it's if it's a three hundred and fifty dollars worth of value, you you can't get. You, you have to go to head office LCBO. Mm-hmm. So that's where we buy our liquor here in Canada. For those of you Americans that didn't know that. Uh, so he was all excited. I was looking up some of the value on some of these bottles and I'm like, Oh my God, we could
1: go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I, uh, I'm not a fan of Hennessy.
2: Neither
1: like, are we. I, I, I had it once about 20 years ago, you know, when I first started drinking. And which I don't drink now, but when I was drinking back then, um, of course, I was young, you know, and like my idea of a good time was Bud Light and Kentucky Deluxe. Um, So drinking the good stuff, I was like, man, this is nasty. So I don't even know if I'd like it or not now. Like, I might. But Well, your,
0: your beer over there in the States is like watered down. compared to us canadians
1: yeah
0: us canadians have power
1: and in texas it's really not that bad oklahoma has like three and a half percent alcohol and that stuff tastes like water um but as i got older i got out of the like bud light and all the standard you know redneck kind of stuff and like some of the more upper (laughs) a little bit better than you know moonshine (laughs) moonshine yeah (laughs)
0: Well, now that we started this this conversation, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: even know how we got there.
0: We don't even know how we got there. <laughs> yeah, the okay. last name Hennessy. Yeah. Anyways, I just was, yeah. I I just want to thank our viewers for for joining in, and Chris, thank you again for you yeah. know wanting to come on the show, and I know that you have a powerful story. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start sharing with us your overcoming story?
1: Okay. Um. So back in the day, I was. How old was I? What year was it? Hang on. Let me do some math. It was 2004. So I was 24. Um, I was working as a police officer in a a small town, not too far from where I live now, like 10 miles away, and ended up doing some really, really stupid stuff. Got in trouble. um, Went to jail. Got out on bond and was just like so... Messed up. And let me back up. I was raised in a really strong Christian home. Um, Grew up knowing the Lord, grew up knowing, you know, that he was my savior and that he loved me and all that kind of stuff. But as I got older and moved out of the house, I kind of strayed away. So even though I was, I wasn't doing drugs or anything at the time, but I was drinking a lot. And and like I said earlier, drinking a lot, partying a lot and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I kind of strayed away and you know, was selling my wild oats or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I got in trouble and was really messed up about it because my career was down the drain now. Um, everything I had worked for was gone, I couldn't do it. And so when somebody, like a week after I got in trouble, somebody offered me some meth and I tried it and I liked it. So I started doing meth just on the weekends you know it wasn't any big deal so to speak but that really progressed into like a 25 dollar sack on the weekends to where i was buying eight balls for 275 and just staying high all the time so by the time i went to court a year later i was already pretty much strung out you know Um, so i got probation i did not do anything i was supposed to on probation i think i reported twice Um, when I moved from Cherokee County to Montgomery County, which is the Conroe area just north of Houston. I didn't go report there at all. Like whenever they moved my probation, I did not go report there at all. So that naturally led to uh, revocation warrants. Um, I stayed on the run for a long time, two years, just kind of hiding out. Um, working cash only jobs not doing it you know like staying way under the radar right. they finally got me i went to prison i got a 15 year sentence um for the original charge and really it was a blessing because not after the original charge i picked up like four or five more felonies i caught two possession cases an unauthorized use of a motor vehicle maybe just three more yeah just three more um so they could have prosecuted me on all that and they had the they gave me the option of 15 years or I don't remember what it was. Anyway, I took the 15 years, so I only went down there with one charge and I had to do seven and a half years before I became eligible for parole. <clears throat> I didn't know that going in. I didn't know that till I got down there. I thought I was going to do like three or four years and ended up having to do seven and a half. Um, but really I would not trade those seven and a half years. By the time I got out, it was a little over eight. So I wouldn't trade those almost eight and a half years for anything. Um, Because while I was down there, like, you know, I said I grew up in church, I had this really strong uh, faith. But I also grew up in like a really judgmental household. And I don't know if you've noticed up there, but like the church in general as a whole down here, when I was growing up, it was really like under your thumb, really judgmental. You'd follow the rules because you have to follow the rules, not necessarily because of a change of heart. Mm -hmm. Seems like over the past 10 or 15 years, it's kind of changed. The church as a whole has kind of changed on that um, but it was in prison i'm sitting there in the chapel in bottom texas which is on the texas oklahoma border um six hours from my parents or from any of my family like i was way up there and i'm sitting sitting in the chapel one of the volunteers had brought an ipod in that was back when ipods were still a thing um, and he plugged it in the tv and he played. Uh, a Jesus culture video of how he loves. It was Kim Walker Smith singing how he loves us. And right there in the middle of that chapel with like 70 other guys in there, I just broke down and started crying because for the first time in my life, I actually felt God's love. Like I heard about it, you know, I knew he loved us, um, but it was kind of an arbitrary notion or whatever. Like I knew it. And that was really about it but I felt it. Like I it was I was talking to somebody about it today. They DM'd me about something totally different that led him to this exact conversation. Um, I felt God's love. Like it just started at the top of my head and just like, I, I was just speechless. All I could do was just sit there and weep. So I went back to my dorm and I just was kind of quiet for the next couple of days. I wrote home and asked my parents to send me the lyrics to that song because I wanted to, to read the lyrics and that really was the start of the change in my life um i went from having a, a not that i wasn't saved but I having a head knowledge of god's love for me to a heart knowledge of god's love for me so i left that unit that was uh, the choice more unit and i went to the pack unit in navasota texas which is an hour from houston a lot closer oh let me back up when i was in bottom i prayed for three things whenever i Because that unit was a transfer unit, so it was a temporary unit, you're only there for 22 months, and then you go to a real unit, your assigned unit. Um, I prayed for a laid back unit because I didn't want to fight, I didn't want to have to worry about getting my stuff taken, I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, getting into trouble or being surrounded by things that were going to get me in trouble. Um, I wanted... In Texas, they have two different kinds of, of housing. One is like you see on TV where it's the cell blocks and you know, two men and a little bitty seven by nine cell or six by eight, depending on how old the unit was. Um, and then they have some that are just dorms with individual cubicles in there. And that's your own space. And yeah, you're in a dorm with you know, 50 to 100 other guys, depending on the size of the dorm, but you have a space that is actually yours. You don't share it with anybody. So I wanted that. And I wanted to be close to home. So those were the things—the three things I prayed for for two years. I got shipped to Navasota, and that unit was entirely dorms. Like, there was no cell blocks with the dorms outside. The whole thing was dorms with the cubicles. I was 45 minutes from my parents, and that unit was specifically for ex-cops, ex-gang members, um, ex-lawyers, ex-judges, ex-TDC guards. So it was designed as a laid-back unit. They call it a, a protective custody unit, basically. Um, and I was an ex-cop, so that's how I got sent there. I mean, there was still stuff going on there. There was still drugs and, and you know, a little bit of fighting and, you know, guys making hooch and stuff like that, but not anywhere near what it was like at, at some of the other units. Right. Um, so I got down there you know, I was still kind of about half twisted, um, you know, I was drinking hooch a little bit when I first got there, um, you know, contraband in my house and, and stuff like that. But it was while I was there, Texas rolled out a statewide program where every unit had to have a faith-based dorm. So I, uh, I said, man, I don't want to go in the faith-based dorm. I was already playing like on the praise and worship team, done at church and was involved in the church, but I was like, I don't want to go to the faith-based dorm. Buddy of mine was in there. He's like, man, just come on. I said, all right, well, I'll put my name in. So I put my name in and like two weeks later, the dorm hadn't even officially kicked off yet. Like none of the programs had started or anything. One of the guys that was in there got transferred out and the chapel moved my name to the top of the list without me even knowing it um, because he knew me. So he kind of cut for me. So i walk into the showers and the chaplain's at the searcher's desk, and he says, pack your stuff. I just looked at him, and he said, you're moving in today. I was like, oh, okay. So I moved in the faith-based storm, and, like, God did so much in my life. The faith-based, faith-based storm program was two years, and I stayed in an additional two years as a mentor. So I did four of my five and a half years on that unit in the faith-based storm.
0: Wow. That's God's favor. Not it is only- God's
1: favor. Like, it was just... <laughs>
0: you know, it was exactly what you prayed for.
1: Exactly. Like to a (laughs) T I got everything I prayed for. I met a group of guys that I still talk to some of them today. Um, one of them was a guest on one of my streams two weeks ago, um, on my ending the stigma stream. But while I was in there, God put volunteers on that unit that were, and these were from different parts of the area. Like They were all from the Houston area, but different parts of Houston. They didn't know each other, but they were all teaching on your identity in Christ and who you are in God and who he says you are, who the Bible says you are and not who man says you are. So man's going to tell you you're a felon, you're a mess up, you're never going to amount to anything, all this kind of stuff. But then the Bible says you're a king, you're a priest, you're a child of God, you're an overcomer, um, all this kind of stuff. So for probably the first year and a half in the faith-based storm two years no it was longer than that it was probably three out of the four years i was in the faith-based storm that's the kind of stuff that was being taught and it really flipped me upside down inside out and sideways to just really get one that god loves me but two who I really am in Christ and my past doesn't matter. The mistakes I made five minutes ago don't matter. The s- mistakes I'm gonna make in five minutes don't matter. Mm-hmm. That I am who God says I am and nothing is gonna change that. Um, And it really, there I think that whole group of us that went through that, it really like, it changed us. Cause some of us, like I wasn't, but some of the guys I hung out with were ex gang members and were like really violent kind of people. And just and that was my buddy that was on my show a couple of weeks ago, just really hard-headed and just idiotic, you know, as far as what you would look at, just to see the change in him, and then not only him, but just the way I started thinking and like my parents noticed a difference when they would come and see me. Um, and that was really where. You know, I got saved when I was a kid, but that was really where I started developing that relationship with God, was that right there. Uh, those three years at, at the pack unit, or those four years at the pack unit of the Faith Based Storm, were really what changed my life.
0: And I like how you said it went from um, head knowledge to heart knowledge. Because mm-hmm. I, I found that myself, too. I, I had become a, a Christian after I left my abusive relationship, and mm-hmm. it was just like you know everybody's telling you oh you know god loves you god loves you there's nothing you can do to mess up and and you're like okay but then (laughs) yeah right you know
1: okay (laughs) okay you know
0: now what right yeah exactly and and it wasn't until you know like you said you know god was shifting in my life that i it went from head knowledge to heart knowledge Mm -hmm. and and it's funny because i had a pastor once tell me um because i read I forget what book it was, but it was talking about the Annabelles and the Afterbells of heaven, you mm-hmm. know, and how, you know, if you lived your life sinless, then you would get into this, like the ah oh, of heaven <laughs> where if somebody who had went you know who was a rapist or somebody who just gave their life to the god right before they right before they died you know then they would be in a different part of heaven so i'm, I'm reading this and i'm i'm really struggling with this because mm-hmm. to me if a god is a god of love then it doesn't matter how you've lived your life as long as in that you've accepted him right mm-hmm. and so my pastor said to me well this is where you need to learn the difference between grace and mercy
2: Uh
0: Grace. and uh, forget exact I'm going to screw this up. Something about grace is, uh, Grace is getting
1: what you don't deserve. Right. And mercy is not getting what you deserve.
0: Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Pastor Chris. (laughs) Well. (laughs) And when he explained it like that, I said, so you mean to tell me I, this guy over here, because I knew I was struggling because I had just found out that somebody a family friend apparently had raped his, his stepdaughter mm-hmm. and I was just like, so you mean to tell me he can give his life to the Lord, like, and then die and he's fine. And then somebody who lives their life for Christ their entire life and doesn't screw up. Well, doesn't screw up, you know, right, right. we all screw up. Right. And, exactly. You know, I was having that, that hard, like I yeah. couldn't get in. Um, you know and my, looking
1: at it through your fleshly eyes like you hadn't gotten the understanding the Holy Spirit hadn't revealed that to you yet so you, that's a perfectly logical thing for you in that state of mind to think yeah and that's what makes the grace so amazing is that there's no explanation for it
0: no and and that's you know that's when for me anyways it kind of started like you said for me I know when God's in the room because I can feel like Okay, my partner Kimberly says it's glory bumps, not goosebumps. I can feel the glory bumps. I so, sometimes. <laughs> so when yeah. I'm on a when I'm on a show and I go like this, you know that <laughs> something's coming over me. <laughs> it's, it's just like and I can't hide it. It's just yeah. no matter what, I just can't hide it. Like yeah. could, you could see it on my face. And yeah. it almost people are probably thinking I'm going to the bathroom or something. <laughs> but at all. It's 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 like the holy spirit comes over you and you just have no it's like you're like oh my gosh you just feel it (laughs) yeah
1: a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent
0: oh i love that and so what did your what did your parents how did your parents handle you know since you said you grew up in a christian home Mm -hmm. how did your parents handle that transition to being a police officer to that transition to becoming um
1: it was getting into the
0: wrong crowd and and making wrong choices
1: it was tough on them man because i i pulled away you know i wouldn't hardly go home and visit i mean i, I just lived right around you know five miles away but okay. wouldn't hardly go home because i was strung out and skinny and you know all that kind of stuff and i knew that i looked like i was strung out mm-hmm. um they knew i wasn't acting right um because the police were showing up on their door looking for me um right Hey Gabe. hey, Gabe. What's going on, man? Um, <coughs> it was hard for him, And, you know, mom was just telling everybody, pray that she was warning me to get caught, really, because she knew that was the only way I was going to slow down. Um to right. make me so mad when she told me she would tell me that, when she would tell me that she had told people to pray that, you know, I'd, I'd uh, be uh, get caught or that I would hit my bottom or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because I was just like, man, Um, but it took like they were relieved when I finally did get caught because I was, you know, when I was on the run, I was still out there not doing the things that I should have been doing, still doing all the things I shouldn't have been doing. Um, It was tough on them and it was tough on the people that had known me, uh, you know, since I was a kid. Um, Just to see me going down that path and, you know, like one of them. One of my best friends in the world, we go fishing and hunting together all the time. Back then and again now, his wife's brother-in-law was the assistant chief of police where I worked. Um, So he would be asking Julie, hey, have you seen Chris? She, she hadn't seen Chris because Chris wasn't coming around anywhere. Um <laughs> Chris was hiding you know, in the bushes.
0: <laughs> Chris was hiding
1: in the bushes, yeah, exactly. So it was just like my whole circle of people I totally, I didn't turn my back on them, but I just wasn't going around them. So a lot of them didn't know what was going on until I went to prison and it got out. And uh, like when I came to work here, here's another cool story. I I got out, I went to work um, for an auto parts store, a major auto parts store and applied. I got in, a buddy of mine was a district manager. He hired me. I got in, I wanted to apply to be a key holder so I could make like a dollar more an hour or something. Well, HR saw my record and was like, he should have never been hired in the first place, firing when he shows up to work, up to work tomorrow. So they fired me. Um, I was I was out of work for like a month. But then my buddy that's part owner of the company I work for now, his mom called my mom and was like, hey, I, and this is like five months after I got out. She was like, hey, I just found out Chris is out. Does he need a job? Tell him to go talk to Dannon. So they hired me here. Um. Just right off the bat, and I've moved up. So, God has blessed me while I've been here. Um, but just the fact that I, I'm not a car guy. So, the auto parts store really was not my cup of tea anyway, but it was a job. So, I was grateful to have it. Um, and I'm not a really a computer guy, but I ended up in a sales position here. And I don't really like sales, but God has blessed it. You know, like, but now <laughs> which has led into me getting on LinkedIn, discovering live streaming, and getting into remote producing, something I really, really love. So Which
0: leads us into Gabe's thing here. Because yeah. Chris Chris has his own show, which is exactly right after mine.
1: Right. So yeah. that's she, um, right. thank you for moving your show up 15 minutes. So I have time to jump over and get mine started.
0: <laughs> Not a problem. So Gabe has another question. What was the first thing you ate when you got out of prison? Because we all want to know.
1: I had four hours to get home. I didn't know I was going to be, I didn't know they put an ankle monitor on me. Um, so I had four hours to get home. Um, so I didn't get to stop and eat anywhere good. But my buddy, I told you about that was on my show a couple of weeks ago. He drove up from San Antonio, met me with a car and gave me a car. So I rode with him in that car on the way back to the house, and we stopped at Whataburger, and I got, it was the pepper jack with the peppers on a grilled pepper jack. It was on toast, not on a bun. I don't remember what it's called, Um, but that's what I got, french fries and a Coke, and then we stopped at the gas. (laughs) My brother met me with a can of Copenhagen, too, and I had a deal as soon as I got out, (laughs) which probably isn't good, but that's the first thing I had when I got out
0: it was water burger thank you oh kenny d's back kenny, That's well, who that is
1: well yep he's back under a different profile because they shut down his other profile
0: oh man <laughs> well good to see you back kenny yeah he's
1: back oh kenny is back
0: keep it clean man we wanted to keep you out of Lincoln <laughs> jail <laughs> We don't need another
1: jailbird. <laughs> no, we don't. What kind of bird doesn't Sorry, fly? Chris. I know, I say it all the time. What kind of bird doesn't fly?
0: A jailbird. <laughs> but no, that, that's oh, that's awesome. So he had a hamburger, the first meal out, I had a hamburger. Yep. Uh, and and Whataburger is
1: like a cult following in Texas. So it was it was exactly everything I wanted it to be, and then some. <laughs>
0: Well, when I go to Texas, we're going to have to go.
1: And- oh yeah. You got to go to Whataburger. You have to. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, now, now that you're out though,
2: you, mm-hmm.
0: you go back and you, uh, minister to the people I do. back yep. in that prison, right?
1: I go back to the same unit. I go back to the pack unit in soda where I was on the faith-based storm. Um, we used to go in twice a month we'd go down to go down to the faith-based dorm hang out with the guys for a little bit kind of talk to them pray with them whatever and then we would do a church service right afterwards that night after they got done with chow um it's kind of changed a little bit covid kind of you know we were couldn't go in for like a year and a half um they got a new chaplain new wardens new volunteer child all that's changed so i've got a meeting with the the volunteer chaplain that's kind of coordinating all the services and programs and stuff i've got a meeting with him sunday um, to find out what um just really what i'm going to be doing because uh, they're changing so much but yeah i go back to the same unit so it's really good you know whenever i was in prison it was always a blessing to see guys that had gotten out and it were doing well and then see him come back in but and so I know it's a blessing for guys to see somebody they actually did time with out here doing okay, you know, with a decent job, with a little tiny house on family land and actually making it and coming back in. You know, like I said, I would. I told them all, oh, I'll be back. Just watch, I'll be back. And I did, I, I came back. Um, And that's where my heart is. Like my heart is with the pack unit just because I I spent so much time there. And that's where God did so much work on me. Like it's like, it sounds so weird. I tell people this all the time. It sounds so weird, but it's like walking into the front door of my house um, of home whenever I go back. Not that I, not that I don't want to walk back out the front door and there is a difference by the way, y'all. So if you walk in the front door, you get to walk back out. If you come in the back door, you're not leaving. So being able to walk in the front door through the gate, um, it's like coming home, man. Cause it's, I mean, I did so much time there and I don't have any, it wasn't one of those like, I do not want to go back, but God did so much in my life there. I tell people all the time, I hate, I had to do eight, almost eight and a half years, but I would not trade those eight and a half years for anything in the world. Like they meant so much to me now. Um, mm-hmm. especially now that I'm on the flip side of it.
0: Just taking one step back into the into the story because I just mm-hmm. there's the question that came up. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, good evening, Ligia. She's all the way from Costa Rica, so oh, welcome. Wow. Um, so when you were on the run though, what mm-hmm. would, what did that feel like? Like I
1: oh, it sucked. because um, I wasn't driving anywhere. I'd lost my license. That's a whole other story. I I'd, I'd gone somewhere. I wouldn't drive it anyway, because I didn't want to get pulled over, um, but i lost all kinds of stuff. I didn't have my license. Couldn't go get my license back because um, they would have picked me up because I had warrants out for my arrest. I was actually staying with my granddad. He had gone down there to do a job and I was staying with him in an apartment. Um, but I mean, I, I, I went to work. I got paid cash under the table and I went right back. To the house and watch tv all night like it was not a very good existence whatsoever and i was he didn't know it at the time but i was still doing drugs while i was with you know living there um still doing stupid stuff that i shouldn't have been doing um but not ever knowing like it was just putting off the inevitable you know um
0: looking behind your shoulder
1: yeah looking over my time. shoulder all the time mm-hmm. you know and even before i went down to houston on the run whenever i was here on the run like my eyes stay glued on the rearview mirror, you know, any kind of flashing light or something behind me, I was, of course, part of it was the drugs and being paranoid, but part of it was, I really just was just worried all the time. It was miserable, man. It was a miserable few years, but I just was putting off. I did not want to go to prison and I knew that's where it was leading. Um, looking back, I wish I could just gone ahead and turn myself in, but that's a hard pill to swallow, you know, like knowing you're going to prison, not knowing for how long, Cause she hadn't been to court on the revocation. It's like that, that's a, that's a tough thing to try and choke down.
3: Oh,
0: that, that was one of the questions I was going to ask, but you answered it was, you know, did you ever at one point think of turning yourself in?
1: Oh yeah. But I, I couldn't make myself do it. I just couldn't. And he my poor parents, man, like I was staying with them for just a brief amount of time. Cops would show up at my house. And I remember one time my, my parents weren't even home. My brothers and sisters were, and I'm the oldest of seven. So they're, they're all younger than me. And back then they were still young. And there's a long driveway that was leading up to my parents' house. It's on the same piece of property I live on now. And I was laying on the couch and my sister came in there. She shook me. She said, Hey, the cops are pulling up the driveway. My parents lived in a mobile home and they had added like a back room onto the back of it. And I went out the back door and there was a gap about that much where it dropped down and I, I don't know how I made it under there, but I made it under the house. and was hiding. The cops were walking all around. They were inside. They were looking under the ha- I don't know how they didn't see me. Like, I have no idea how they didn't see me. Um, but it's just stuff like that all the time. I couldn't sleep. I was constantly watching the driveway. It was just, it was miserable.
2: Right.
0: But then God stepped in anyways. Yeah. And saved you. So that's, yeah. that's the good part. Yeah. And, um, you know, now that you're, Now that you're out, what what would you say to somebody that was in the same situation that you were in? What advice do you give the guys when you're, when you're helping them in in the prison?
1: Man, it really just like depends on each and every one's situation, but I just tell them all like, you know, you're going to get out one day, whether it's in ten years or whether it's you know in six months. Do not forget what you've learned in here. Don't let this become a distant memory or so distant of a memory that you forget what it's like and you end up messing up again. Remember the work that God did in your life. You know, in the old Testament, God was always having the Israelites build a monument, set up an altar. And it was so they would remember things. Um, You know, every time God did something, he'd, he'd tell them to build an altar, do this, do that. And it was it was for remembrance. So they when they came back through there again, they would see that. And remember, on this day, God did this. Use this as an altar to remember what God has done in your life. Don't forget it. Don't get out and get, you know, you have one. You're going to have to change your people, places and things. You you have to. That's the first thing you've got to do. Don't even think about hanging out with your old buddies. Um, I've seen a few of the people that I used to run with and do drugs with since I got out, but not, that none of them have my number. Well, one of them does, but he turned his life around too. He's He got saved and he's doing real good now. Um, but the other ones, none of them have my number. You know, they all know I'm living out there where I was, you know, out on our family land. None of them come around. I don't go around. Um. I mean, I could now because I'm strong enough now, but one, I'm still on parole. And I don't know who's being watched by the cops and who isn't. But you just getting out, you have to change your people, places, and things. Don't even think about it. Like, that's just, it's not an option. Um, Find a church and get rooted in it and be active in it and be put roots down. Um, You know, it may take not going back to your, you know, you may have a place to go with your parents or with your family, but if it's not a good situation, don't do it. Hold out on something. You know, or, or get out of there as quickly as you can. Sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, if you get granted parole, and that's the address you have to go to, you don't have any other choice. Um, but just don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't don't do it. Don't forget who you are in Christ. Really is what I tell them.
0: And I'm, I, I would imagine that you know it's taking every. Trying to think of the right word. Trying to take everything. um, So. (laughs) Uh, My brain is good.
1: No, you're good. It's
0: it's been an amazing, like, it's been a a weird couple of days. But, um, you know, just appreciating, I guess, everything that you do have.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, we should all do that anyways. Whether you know, appreciating the freedoms and remembering that freedom, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. these little punks that are watching, that are out there doing things they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, and I tell, like, you know, you people run game on you in prison all the time. So I can tell pretty much the guys that are BSing me and the guys that are, are really serious about it. But um, dang, I was going somewhere with that. You're rubbing off on me.
0: Sorry,
1: I had a <laughs> I had a brain lapse. Oh, I was going somewhere with that. Oh man, it'll come back to me.
0: It will. Yeah. Your thesis, or <laughs> yeah, tonight when you're on yeah, your job—that's what I meant to say on the Ruthie's show. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> don't forget who you are. Oh, and don't think that God is any respecter of persons. Don't think that for a minute that. God's not going to do for you what he's done for me since I've been out. That's why I go back in there to show you what God can do. And he will do if you're faithful. Don't think for a minute. Don't get discouraged if things don't just fall into place immediately like you think they should. God's working on something. God's working behind the scenes. He works all things together for good to those that love him. Um, And he's going to bless you just like he's blessed me
0: so what made you decide to get your own show going
1: really it was just for fun um I, i'm pretty good friends with amy lee and wills she was one of the very first people i ever connected with on linkedin like within three days of me being here i connected with her she posted something that caught my eye and i connected with her she did a live show with josh krueger and she was just streaming every once in a while just for giggles and grins and i saw it and i thought hey this would be pretty cool to do So I applied for LinkedIn live and it took like a month or two and I finally got it. And I really, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like I was just bringing people on just having, like, I look back on some of my old streams and I'm like, Holy crap, man, that is awful. Who would watch this? Um, But I I had a blast doing it because it, I used it to kind of highlight people in my network. So we'd talk about what they did for work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I kept it kind of like, that format what do you do like how can people get a hold of you for your services or whatever
0: right but
1: it it started morphing into this community building thing where you know people are in the comments so i'm interacting with people in the comments i'm interacting with my guests people in the comments are having a party they don't have anything to do with the show and i just i fell in love with it and then nathan my co-host on ending the stigma approached me because I had done a post about being in prison. i had finally opened up about it. And so he'd kind of talked to us that he had been to prison too on like some Zoom parties or something. And he may have posted about it a little bit. And he approached me and said, uh, no, I feel like we should, that's Amanda, Amanda Knight. Um, He approached me and was like, man, I feel like we should be doing something else with this other than posting. I said, well, let's start another show. And so we started ending the stigma and that that one it really focuses on the struggles felons face in the job market and finding a house um staying clean all that kind of stuff so we have guests on that have either been to prison or have you know been affected by somebody that's been to prison like a family member like amanda was a guest on our show because her dad had been to prison when she was little um people that work with an organization that helps people that have been to prison. Um, And we just try to normalize the fact that people have been to prison. They have messed up. Um, The stats are pretty high on like, it's like one in three people in the U S have been to prison. So chances are you get three people together or you get a hundred people together, 33 of them are going to be, have been to prison. Um, So we just try to kind of normalize it and just show people that, you know yeah there are people that have been to prison that are going to get out and they're not going to act right
3: mm-hmm.
1: but there are people that have been to prison that have gotten out and just want desperately not to go back and to have a life without the labels and the stigmas associated with people that have been to prison and one of the one of the things you'll hear me say on there almost every week is what about the unconvicted felons you know yeah. what about the people that Went to parties in college and did cocaine or ecstasy, or maybe they're still doing cocaine, or maybe the CEO that's you know
3: they doing just whatever didn't get he's doing,
1: yeah, they just didn't get caught. So what? You know, and there's no way to know what the percentages of those people are because they didn't get caught, right? Right. So chances are, even though you may never know somebody that's been to prison, there's a hundred percent chance you've rubbed shoulders with people that have committed crimes that could have gone to prison. So what's the difference? Like why should somebody that actually got caught and paid for what they did be so stigmatized versus the people that haven't? Um, So that's kind of the gist of the show.
0: You have a fan. I'm not sure who it is. That's that's
1: Amanda Knight.
0: Oh, that is Amanda? That is Amanda Knight. Yep. She says your shows were never off.
1: (laughs) She's too kind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and I I truly believe that, you know, we all, uh, deserve second chances yeah. that turn their life around, you know. And for for those people that you know, okay, so you did the time, you did that, you did the crime, you did the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you changed your life around. You know, uh, clearly you've you definitely completely changed your life around. You're helping others, um, you know, in the prison system that you know have done the same, gone through the same things that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're, you know, you're right. I mean, what's the difference between somebody who got caught and didn't get caught other than the fact that they did jail time. Right. Exactly. You know, there's, and I don't think anybody can boldly look me in the eye and say, they've never done anything wrong because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, exactly. All of us. So, I mean, um, I, I'm like right there with you. And that's, that's just, I'm, That's a big pet peeve of mine, you know, people Mm -hmm. that, uh, because I know, you know, I first met uh, this group of uh, women and I said may have said something 10 years ago or even like five years ago and they hold that against me. I'm like, dude, I'm not even the same person I was like an hour ago, (laughs) let alone five years ago, but you can (laughs) keep on holding that shit against me. That's
1: fine. Exactly. I
0: mean, (laughs) like last i cuz it's like, only yeah.
1: hurting you cuz i've already forgotten about that
0: exactly exactly and it, it's funny because they'll bring something up and i'm like that was so long ago yeah but it's like they hold it against me like it was it was gospel and that you know i still live my life that way um ligia says you know all that you're doing is admirable chris and uh absolutely you know absolutely so what's next for chris
1: um my my long well just outside of like the prison ministry stuff my long term or I say long-term goal my goal is within by this time next year i will be doing firebird studios full-time and not just part-time well i'll be that will be my job um is remote producing um i'll know more about what prison ministry looks like after a sunday Um, but there's a prison here in rusk that i want to try to get involved in um it's There's no reason why I shouldn't. It's six miles or something from my house. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, right in the middle, when I was thinking about branching out away from the PAC unit is when COVID hit and nobody was going into the prisons yet. Uh, But now that all that's kind of cleared, I'm going to get with them and see if there's something I can do there. Why do I have to travel? Well, I mean, I'll still go to PAC unit, but PAC's two and a half hours from here. Um, So I'll make that trip once a month, but I would like to get more involved in prison ministry. um, And then, grow Firebird studios into that's my that's my job by this time next year
0: that's awesome that Mm -hmm. is awesome so and you live stream that on your linkedin profile and do you any do you have your own youtube channel too yep i
1: do youtube and twitch too yep and i don't really yeah uh, and the only reason i do twitch is because i can like it gives me the option to multi-stream so i do it there but like A lot of people that are watching it on mobile you know linkedin live can be kind of glitchy on mobile sometimes so they'll hop over to twitch and watch they're on mobile and that's the only reason i like i don't do it i don't try to promote my twitch i don't really promote my youtube the only reason i have youtube is kind of like a library to point people hey here's my past streams if you want to look at them Um, i might eventually start trying to push it and monetize it i don't know but you know talking to people that do that that's a lot of work Um, and I just don't have the bandwidth for that right now. I might later, but right now it's kind of, it's a
3: library.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm trying to cross pollinate and get not only Mm. the, the LinkedIn, but the YouTube up and going. And then do you, okay. So I also upload mine to anchor so that it's actually, people can listen to it as a podcast too. Is that something that you plan on doing?
1: I've never even thought about that, to be honest with you. Um, I have to get with you and find out how to do that, because that would be something cool to do, because I can, you know, you can download the audio just as quick as you can. There's no reason not to.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Get in contact with me. I will. And
1: tomorrow. We'll, we'll, <laughs> tomorrow. I'll <laughs> give you contact No, I'll give you. She's going. Oh my God! No, not tomorrow.
0: <laughs> this is a jam packed week, my brother.
1: Okay, not tomorrow. Not this
0: week. <laughs> and I'm also I'm also pre recording an amazing, amazing, amazing show. But that's kind of like shh right now. Okay. Um, But we're doing that Thursday night, which is going to be so freaking oh, fun. I saw it's that. So fun. I see
1: that? oh i saw that i saw your post on that
0: no i didn't post it yet
1: oh not that one no okay well no
0: this is so juicy and sexy for valentine's day like everybody's got to tune in for valentine's day
1: no you somebody posted on that i saw it did you yes
0: oh hello vicky well okay (laughs)
1: well, <laughs> well, we don't, don't have know. to talk about it anymore. We don't, buy, where to go I don't know who link? posted
0: it. Maybe somebody oh. who I asked to be on the show. I don't know. Oh. But it's going to be so juicy. It is like you need to tune in for Valentine's Day after you have your Valentine's Day dinner with your lovey. <laughs> then come on over and watch the show.
2: <laughs> I uh,
1: My Valentine's Day show is actually... going to be like, I wanted something different for Valentine's day. (laughs) It's going to be, there's there's a woman that has an app. It's a dating app for people that have some sort of sexual dysfunction. So either they have ED or I'm serious, or maybe no low sex drive. I know. Right. But I thought like, what can I do different on Valentine's day? That's going to be like so outside the box of normal. But when you think about it, Those kind of people need they need relationships too. And sometimes it can be so terrible, like for a guy if he has ed to try and find a woman and explain that to her. So if she's got something that she doesn't like having sex, then they're a perfect match. (laughs) (laughs) Oh she's not watching
0: Oh my God. I promised my husband it would be him and I. That's why I'm pre-recording the show, but nobody knows I'm pre-recording it till live anyway. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank God we're coming to the time where I can take a step back for a minute. <laughs> I gotta bring on the fundamentals part of the show now. Thanks for joining us, Kimberly and Steve, while I laugh my ass off. In the back. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, it's such a beautiful segue into the fundamentals, you know, with our our commitment to, you know, end the show always on a light, happy, productive note. And so that couldn't be better. And Chris, I just got to let you know, I I can't believe you're going to wait until tomorrow to contact her. Like, you're really giving her a lot of breathing (laughs) (laughs) room. Well, if I I'm didn't back have, here going, What do you wait until tomorrow? There's no tomorrow. I'll call her tonight. <laughs> well,
1: if I didn't have a stream right after this, I would do it right after the show. But I've got to jump right straight into that.
2: Well, you know, we've got your back and we're looking forward to uh, providing you everything that you need. What you're up to is amazing and Thank you're you. incredible. And, and it's just a real privilege to get to be with you tonight. Um, as you all know, I am Kimberly. I host the section of the show called The Fun, capital F-U-N. Little D-U-H, capital M-E-N-T-A-L-S, Fundamentals. And where I am tonight, you never know where I'm going to be. You never know. (laughs) I don't even know, folks. Yeah, that's on purpose. Nobody knows. (laughs) Um, Tonight we're in Naperville, Illinois with, um, you know, I'm going to do everything I can not to get choked up here um, with uh, the partner. That is the literally, no pun intended, no like no silliness, he is the wind beneath my wings. He is the human being that allows me to be a successful serial entrepreneur. Steve Roach, I'm introducing you to the world of Unstoppable Overcomers. And what, what business would you like to share about tonight before we go into the fundamental game part of the show?
3: We are sharing about our real estate business uh, this oh. evening. <laughs> yes. So um, uh, we are uh, real estate brokers with Keller Williams uh, in Naperville, and um, have a team uh, with uh, three agents uh, currently. And we are adding uh, agents to our team uh, aggressively. I would say, you know, that's one of our, our number one things is to to grow our business by by growing the the, the size of the team, such that um, we are spreading out all of our real estate transactions that other people are, are helping us to do such that you know we can spend time doing stuff like this right and we're not constantly um you know working with clients all the time like there are a lot of agents out there that work 80 hours a week so it's not what we're out to create for ourselves
2: fantastic fantastic and is there any particular service you'd like to share with the community tonight that uh, if they want to get in touch with you what should they get in touch with you about
3: uh, I mean, certainly uh, right now, there are very few listings out there in the, the market. And so that is an area uh, to focus on um, simply because it, it makes our jobs a little bit easier when you have the inventory uh, rather than having to uh, you know run out there and uh, show a house that just got listed today because your buyers have missed out on 12 houses so far this week, right? Because either they're fast enough or their, their bid wasn't high enough or or all of those things. So, um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, as far as, you know, people, um, what we could just, you know, give away right now would be, you know, free, uh, market analysis on their house. They can just head over to our website and, and click on the, the resources and put their address in and get a quick and easy, uh, you know, market value. So.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, Dorothy, that is www.freedomgroupglobal.com correct, Steve?
3: Yes, correct. (laughs) Freedomgroupglobal.com.
2: Okay, fantastic. And we are thrilled to have you on the show tonight in more ways than one. Um, And uh, we're we're happy that our community here is happy to support, obviously, Freedom Group Global and all that they're out to create in the world. And and just to kind of piggyback on what he shared, our real estate company is focused on you know, creating incredible spaces, whether it's your home, you know, rental properties, investment properties. And if you're someone who wants to get into the industry, uh, our commitment is that your business thrives. So just a little piggyback onto what he was sharing. So here we go. It's showtime. I'll
3: add one more thing. We are licensed in Illinois and Indiana and we have connections you know worldwide uh, as far as you know if if people are, are elsewhere in the world and just want to get connected to a great local agent we have resources there to find that great local agent and and put people in, in contact with them so
2: well said well said all right time for the fun and one of you gentlemen gets to pick who wants to go first
1: Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm Mm -hmm.
2: not (laughs) All right, Chris. Put me in the hot seat. Let's go. Put me in, Coach. This is great. So, Chris, if you were only going to share three things, three things that you would say are fundamental with the world, what would those three things be?
1: Um... I don't even remember what I put on that forum now. So
2: we'll just roll with it.
1: And I do, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. That's terrible. Um, see all this gray right here? All this gray? Um, well, you,
2: I think Dorothy can help you.
1: Yeah. Um, what did I say, Dorothy?
2: Can
0: I mute
1: myself?
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're, on mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. I'm getting everybody's information out to the world. <laughs> um, you said something about Christ. Second chances and laughing.
1: I'm laughing. Yeah, I do like to laugh and I like to make people laugh 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am like kind of what we talked about, just who I am in Christ. Like that to me is fun because it just takes a whole weight off my shoulders um, knowing who I am in Christ and who He says He is, um, knowing that there are second chances. Because um, that makes, especially for a felon, man, like, you know. You feel like you have a label coming out, coming out of prison. You feel like you have just felon tattooed across your your forehead. Like, you know, just to not to just hijack this part of the show, but just like coming out of prison, you're not allowed to have your hands in your pockets anywhere in prison because they think you've got something in your pockets. I remember walk. It took me months of walking around in Walmart. I put my hands in my pockets and then have to pull them back out. Because um, just in my mind, I wasn't allowed to have my hands in
2: my pockets. Wow. Um, wow.
1: Yeah, crazy. Like just little stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and you know, like, thank you, Chris, for putting that actually in this section of the show. You didn't, you didn't hijack anything. <laughs> it's it it is so fundamental to be yeah. aware of, and you know, the rest of us we don't know that. Like, it's yeah, like, I know. It's and that's important what, for us to know those kind of things. So, you, thank you. You,
1: for you that. feel like it, but just knowing that people don't know. Don't act like you've been to prison for one thing. Don't be looking all skeezy and quirky or whatever, but just know that people don't know that you have a second chance. Do something with it. Carry yourself like you've never gotten in trouble in your life and you won't have any problems. Like people don't know I've been to prison, but I work hard to make sure of that too, you know?
2: Right, right, right. And then your third one?
1: Wasn't that making people laugh? What was it?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> <make them> laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't. I already made Jordan like, if she'd been drinking something, she'd have spit it all over her microphone. Um, it's only ginger ale, folks. Yeah. Drink the good stuff on the show. Sure, sure it is. Already.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, but I do. I like making people laugh. I like doing it like saying off the wall stuff, you know, just to make just to come out of left field with something and make people go, what the hell did Chris just say? Um, and it's kind of, I mean, what people on LinkedIn know me for. is just being that funny guy that likes to make folks laugh and, and make friends. So beautiful.
2: So well, beautiful,
0: can Chris. I just say one thing, though? The Mm -hmm. one thing that I the reason why I actually connected with Chris was for Chris's heart, because Chris, somebody's house had just caught on fire and Chris was posting all over LinkedIn about this GoFundMe. To help this family that had just lost their everything like everything in their home so i reposted it and then he posted something along the lungs that he was shaking because it was the first time somebody actually approached him to be on his show and i'm like oh come on so i actually misread that and i so i'm like well chris why don't you come on my show and then i found out that <clears throat> what his story was so chris not only does he make cute laugh, Chris has got a big heart, too. So I'm just throwing that out there.
1: And and I'm like, I, it was a whole community wide thing of what happened when Julie's house burned down. But in two weeks, we raised thirty three thousand um, dollars, which is more. And I'm just gonna one of the influencers on LinkedIn that I absolutely cannot stand posted a GoFundMe to something. And they only had like and it, for months only had like fifteen thousand dollars. And I hate that for the family. But like. The real community is not in the influencers. The real community stepped up and helped Julie out. That's right. So it, it wasn't just me. It was a community wide effort because i posted every day for a week. But then there were so many shares and so many other people jumped on the bandwagon and started posting and sharing the GoFundMe link and the, the news, the local news was sharing the GoFundMe link. Um, so it wasn't just me. I mean, I started the GoFundMe, but it was a huge community wide effort. Like the LinkedIn community came together like we were just flabbergasted, like all of us that were kind of organizing it are on a Slack channel together. And we were just like, speechless on how everybody just jumped up and and stepped up. Like, it was just amazing the way this That's community beautiful. came together.
2: So beautiful.
1: It so was beautiful. it was a beautiful
3: thing.
2: Yeah. All right, Mr. Roke. You get to bring us home. What are your three fundamentals to share with the world?
3: All right. So the first one I have is have a great partner who can push you and appreciate you at the same time, if possible.
2: She literally
0: hits your ass as a partner. Trust me, I get it.
3: Yes. Uh, So uh, number two is align with people or companies that have a strong culture that empowers you. So I was thinking in that moment of of Keller Williams and, and all the the culture and, and support that, that comes from there. Uh, and then lastly, I have don't take business too seriously. Uh, you can always try again tomorrow. Uh, so focus on having fun. And that goes to your personal life too. So Be don't take chance. anything too seriously.
2: And by the Unless way, maybe
3: so you're in prison, <laughs> then you might have to take things a little more seriously. <laughs> I've only visited, so I don't know. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> too bad we didn't know Chris back then. We
2: could have brought him a scoop on the rope. <laughs> well funny done, story. Bro. All right. Well you want to
1: laugh? You want to laugh? Here's a funny story. When you first get to prison, the first thing they do, just like on TV, they shave your head with a pair of clippers and you go take a shower. And they give you this little bitty bar soap that's about this big, by about that big, and it's about that thick. No washcloth. And they tell you, go take a shower in front of everybody so they just break you in right so i get that piece of soap and i go like this to start washing and i go up and down and when i come down the soap drops so i'm in prison for 15 minutes and i drop the drop the soap and i just remember thinking god is this really how this is going to go like is this (laughs) really how the the next rule right yeah Uh don't drop the soap and i dropped it 15 (laughs) minutes into prison like god (laughs) please don't let this be how this is going to (laughs) go
2: Please. Well, don't
1: uh, leave us
3: hanging. <laughs> did you just leave it, or you pick it up?
1: Well, no. I, I. It was a row of showers, so there was a wall right there. So I turned around and faced yeah, the wall, and then I didn't bend over. I squatted down and picked it up, <laughs> and washed it off, and then finished bathing.
2: Brilliant. Good yeah. Job. yeah. 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 <laughs> so they didn't see his butt. <laughs>
1: well i mean everybody saw my butt and everything else because i'm out there in front of god and everybody officers and inmates and people coming in and out because it's the intake and it was just really i'm already unsettled because i now it did like i took a shower in front of 100 people like it's that i got over that real quick but that was my first in shower prison in front of people where i had to actually get naked in front of all these people and i was like oh god and then i dropped the soap and i was just like it was the most uncomfortable moment of my life
0: Hmm. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed so hard. As no, did. it's fine. Like, no, you no, got to laugh, like, laugh. Yeah, laugh about it. People laugh. Yeah, you got to
1: laugh
3: about it. It was Chris, his funny story, right? Yeah, it was,
1: yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. At
0: least you didn't have Bubba. So yeah, fine. I did
1: not. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the level of inspiration, though, Chris, I really want you to get tonight, and it's a perfect way for us to close out this the, the show, is not only are you an inspiration for people who've gone to prison or are in prison, but for those of us who aren't, You know, to really like to be in a moment with you just now, I mean, seriously, you know, there you are in the shower and the soap and, you know, and whatever we're dealing with that have never been to prison, it's like, oh, yeah, no, (laughs) no matter how bad it is, you know, if I can look at you and I can see the joy that you're exuding and how beautiful your life is now, anything's possible. So really, thank you. Thank Thank you so much. I
1: appreciate that. And it's only like, I don't say this used to be cliche, but it is only because of the grace of God. Like I I recognize that 110%. I mean, how else can you not be bitter about all the crap that happened? Some of it, your fault, some of it, not your fault. All the shit you have to walk through while you're in there and then come out not bitter and, not hardened, you know. Like it's hard to do. Like you, you most guys come out really jaded because they've spent so much time being a number and not a person um, and getting treated like that. So, I mean, it's it is. It's only by the grace of God. What's up, Tim?
0: Thanks for joining us, Tim. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just want to thank all of our guests uh, for people showing up in in the chat, and we uh, thank you for joining us and. Thank you, Steve and Chris, for joining us tonight. I mean, this has been another insane episode. It's insanely good. Insanely, insanely good. Yeah, it was so insanely much. Insanely good. Uh just so much just so rich in um, you know, God's glory and and yeah. everything. Um and and a powerful story, Chris, too. You know, your your story is truly powerful. And you know, I don't know if you caught what Chris had said before, but um definitely People, places, and things are something that you have to change if you want to change yourself. And so, you know, I did make notes. I make notes every episode. I and, saw that. Uh, <laughs> you know, those things, those aha moments. But um, mm-hmm. so if you've learned anything from Chris tonight, change your people, places, and things uh, if you get stuck into a situation like this and just press into um, what God's doing and just allow Him to work in your life. Is yep. what I got out of tonight. Yeah. And, and, and what 100%. I got is
2: is also to make sure you listen. If you if only listen to one voice and it's what God says about you. Mm-hmm. So forget what you say about yourself. Forget about what other people say about you and, and mm-hmm. let that be the light that shines and pulls you forward.
1: Yep. And if anybody like right. do a Google search on I am scriptures and I used to have all that stuff printed out, but it'd be easier for you. Just Google. I am scriptures in the Bible and it'll give you a whole list of, who the Bible says you are in Him, and like I would read that stuff over and over and over in prison, and just get it ingrained in my head. Like, go read that stuff. That's who you really are. Right,
0: Brilliant. Exactly. And with that, we've got to end because Chris has to go. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I promised him a
2: hard stop, and we're three minutes, four minutes over. So it's okay. It's a hard stop. Four minutes a, over. It's a hard stop. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> hard stop. Four minutes over. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, know,
0: I know Dorothy, <laughs> thank you
1: so much for bringing me on like I had a blast. this was so much fun
0: for sure well we'll have to join you on your
1: yeah on I'll your here.
0: show
1: one night yep. Yep. <laughs> absolutely I need to put you on the list of people to contact. I'm booked through April right now so I'm not putting anybody else down till I get a little bit closer um because I start you start losing flexibility whenever you get booked that far out so I usually try not to so I will definitely put y'all on the list.
0: Well, we're booked
1: till March, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just happens. Like somebody will, and I, this year I've had like, I don't know how many people reach out. Hey, let me come on the show. Hey, I want to be on the show. So it just happens. And all of a sudden I look up and I am I was like, oh, I need to stop. Like I'm just telling people I'm not taking anybody right now. I reach back out in a couple months
0: exactly <laughs> Anyways, don't forget folks jump on over to chris hennessey's uh linkedin right now mm-hmm. well in 10 minutes and in he's gonna minutes. be on and he's gonna be on his show uh so go watch that one and we'll see you next monday night i have a bye, good day god bless bye
1: bye bye, bye.